Welcome to the week before Christmas here at Back to the Bible. Hi, I'm Woodrow Kroll. I'm Nigel Wilkinson, and this is the Wednesday edition of Back to the Bible, and we hope that this week's theme, How to Have the Best Christmas Ever, is really getting you excited about Christmas in a different kind of way. Yeah, and we're not only going to celebrate Christmas, we're going to give ourselves permission to get lost in Christmas. I'm talking about getting yourselves into the story of Christmas to the point where it is the most important thing for you during this period of time. You know, we do a lot of shopping, we're running hither and yon, we're just doing all kinds of things, and we forget that there is a story behind all of this. And what we're going to do here at Back to the Bible is take you to that story today, Luke chapter 2, and think about basking in the glory of Christmas, just giving ourselves permission to enjoy Christmas. We'll do that today on Back to the Bible. Sounds great. Well, before we get into today's study, just to let you know that our 2024 calendar is now once again available in Mandeville at Forever Young, located in the Manchester Shopping Center, for your contribution of $700 each. Now let's join Bible teacher Woodrow Kroll in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, as we head into today's study. Luke chapter 2 is a great chapter, but there are things in this chapter that we just kind of read over, buzz right through, like, what does it mean to be of the house and lineage of David? And why does Caesar Augustus want to tax these people anyway? What's the big deal about that? If you have answers to those questions, you will put yourself right into Bethlehem on that beautiful day that Jesus was born. Now, we've done that already. We spent some time on Monday thinking about that. That basically means getting a little sense of the historical data that's a part of this Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. But we also said it's an important thing for us to proceed with humility, because, after all, this is the story of a king being born in a stable. And there's just something so wrong about that. There's just something so wrong about being wrapped in swaddling clothes rather than wrapped in royal garments. There's just something so wrong about there not being room in the inn for the only person who can save us from our sins. So we need to proceed with humility. Let's let Christmas be a time we focus on this baby. And then we also notice that it's important to enjoy the fellowship of others. Mary and Joseph were together. The shepherds were together. Even the angel that made the announcement was joined by a multitude of other angels. So spending time with other people, having fellowship during Christmas, is really an important thing. Let us have the best Christmas ever. And then we need to spread the goodwill. You know, these shepherds went out immediately and told everybody they knew. The goodwill is the same goodwill that the Bible talks about when it says that the Multitude of heavenly hosts praised God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. Well, spread that goodwill around. And then we made reference to the fact that there are just so many incredible things about Christmas that we can enjoy personally. Now, I want to move on in the story today, and I want us to look beyond these ten tips, beyond the ones we've already looked at, to see number five, and that is that we need to get lost in the glory of Christmas. Okay, I know. And let me just address this right up front. There are people who say we should not celebrate Christmas. Now, I want you to understand, December 25th is not the day Jesus was born. There is a line of a great hymn. In fact, it may be a Beach Boys song, if I remember correctly. But there, there is a line about Christmas comes this time each year. Christmas only came one time. 
what we are doing is remembering that time and celebrating that time. And if you notice, this is a time in which there is good tidings of great joy. Now, I'm not going to let these theological Grinches steal from me the good tidings and great joy that come from Christmas. I'm here to go to the Word, go to the story, and find out what I can do that they did in this story that will make my Christmas better this year. So, let's go back to Luke chapter 2, beginning today at verse 8. Luke 2, verse 8. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Glory to God in the highest. Now, if this is such an event surrounded by glory, how is it we've lost the glory of Christmas? We've lost the passion that comes from Christmas because Christmas has become a time for us to check the bottom line at the local store. It's become a time for us to spend more money than we actually ought to spend. In fact, right now, most Americans admit, 50% at least, admit that they spend more at Christmas time than they can really afford. And the glory of what Christmas is all about sometimes gets factored out of our Christmas. So you want to have the best Christmas ever? Bring the glory Let's find out what this glory is all about. When you think about the glory of God, God often shows us his glory. The glory is the extreme eminence, the immenseness of God, the the wonder of God, the fact that God cannot be put in a box. I mean, one of the pieces of glory that comes from Christmas is to believe that God became a baby. That God inhabited a baby, closed himself in flesh, Don't lose that glory, because that's what makes Christmas such a unique and wonderful event. But the glory of God is not unknown to these people. It's not unknown to you and me. In fact, the glory of God was seen many times in many places in the Old Testament. I've asked some of our study group here to be prepared to read some verses for us about the glory of God and where we have seen the glory of God before, and we'll see the glory of God again. We're going to begin at Psalm 19, verse 1, and Meredith is going to read that for us. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. All you have to do to understand something about God's glory is look up. During the daytime, you know, you see those clouds floating by, and you see uh, birds in the heaven, and, and all these wonderful parts of God's creation, and that tells you a little bit about God's glory. I really like to look up at night, though, because that's when you really understand the glory of God. You see the heavens. All these things tell you that there's someone bigger than you and me behind all this universe. So, the heavens declare the glory of God. We can see God's glory in the heavens. We also saw God's glory in the pillar of fire that led the Israelites. Nicole's going to read for us Exodus chapter 16 and verse 10. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Now, what was it that led the Israelites through the wilderness? It was this cloud of God's glory and this pillar of fire of God's glory. 
They understood when they saw that cloud, when they saw that fire, God was there. Because when it moved, they moved. When it did not move, they did not move. They understood something about the glory of God. Same thing was true of the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Jeannie is going to read for us from Numbers chapter 14, verse 10. Then all the congregations said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. Yeah, the glory of the Lord appears to them. Now, this is not the glory that you see in the skies at night. This is a presence of the glory of the Lord. And it's in the tent of meeting, the tabernacle of the Old Testament Israel. Specifically, it's at the Ark of the Covenant. This is what the Bible says. Lisa is going to read for us from 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 22, about the Ark of the Covenant and the glory of God. And she said, The glory has departed from Israel, for the Ark of God has been captured. When the Ark was gone, the glory was gone. Why? Because God took up residence in this Ark. That's where they heard from God. That's where they met God. And the Old Testament Israelites clearly understood, if you want to know God's glory, go to the tabernacle. And you'll hear the glory of God, you'll understand the glory of God through the Ark of the Covenant. When the Ark was stolen, when it was captured in battle, they thought, it's all over, because the glory of God is gone. But the same thing is true in the temple, the temple of Solomon. The glory of the Lord was seen there. Nicole, read for us 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 11 and 12. So that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon said, the Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. Can you imagine going to church and not being able to get in because of the glory of the Lord? I mean, just so fantastic was this glory that you couldn't even approach the doors of the house of worship. Now, look, all the way through the Old Testament, the glory of God appears. But it appears furtively. It appears briefly. It comes and goes, comes and goes. But here in Luke chapter 2, it comes and stays. And the glory of the Lord shines down around these shepherds and tells the shepherds, you need to go to Bethlehem because there is born in Bethlehem today a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And oh, by the way, we'll learn later on, he is also the glory of God. So when Phillips Brooks wrote that wonderful Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem, he said, O Little Town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. And yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. Now listen. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. What a wonderful line that is. In the glory of God, the person of Jesus Christ, we see the hopes and fears of all the years coming together, and Christmas is the time when fear is banished and hope is seen. You and I need to spend a little time basking in the glory of God this Christmas time. And if we do, we will have the best Christmas ever. Well, there's a lot more to this story. I'll be back in just a minute to look at something else you can do to have this as the best Christmas you've ever had. We'll be right back. This is Back to the Bible, Bible teaching you can trust with Bible teacher Woodrow Kroll. Well, believe it or not, the year is fast coming to a close. And we here at Back to the Bible couldn't be more grateful for the encouragement, prayers, 
and support we have received from so many gracious ministry friends across the island and indeed around the world. And I'm so looking forward to what God has in store for us in 2024. Oh, me too, Nigel, because God's Word really does ignite hearts and change lives. And that's what we're all about here at Back to the Bible. But friends, we depend on your generous giving to keep this Bible teaching ministry thriving. That's right. As a donor-supported ministry, we rely on the generosity of listeners like you to keep us on air and online, especially as we come to the end of another year. So, friends, we need your help, and now's the time. Please consider joining our efforts here in Jamaica as a faith partner. Your gift of any amount will have a huge impact, so prayerfully decide what you might give. Donations can be made via online bank transfer or in-bank deposit. Our account is with the Halfway Tree branch of the Bank of Nova Scotia. Current account number 4283. One zero. That's current account number four two eight three one zero at the Halfway Tree branch of Scotia Bank, and it's a business account in the name of Back to the Bible. Checks can be sent to us via mail to Back to the Bible, Box one two three Kingston ten Jamaica. Please make checks payable to Back to the Bible. And of course, you can always come by our office in Hagley Park Plaza to drop off your donation or make your contribution via our point-of-sale machine with your credit or debit card. Now, as we get back to the Bible, here once again is Bible teacher Woodrow Kroll. Well, we're talking today about how we can have the best Christmas ever. And one of the things we've already learned is that we need to just simply get lost in the glory of Christmas. Let the glory of what happened that night in Bethlehem become real in our lives today. Now, you know, you can't do that while you're running around, while you're shopping, while you're um, watching TV. You need to set all those things aside. Carve some time out of your day. And that only happens when you do it intentionally. Carve some time out of your day. Sit down quietly. Silently, get a Bible, open the Bible, put on some soft music or, you know, your iPod or something, and, and not music with words because you'll sing along, but, well, no, in fact, forget the music. Just read the Word of God. Find the glory of Christmas all over again from the story of Christmas in God's Word. One of the reasons why Christmas isn't what we want it to be is because it isn't what it used to be. And the way to find out what it used to be is go back to the historical account of the first Christmas. Find out the things that are missing in our Christmas today and just put those things back in. Now, we've talked about getting lost in the glory of Christmas. But notice that um, these shepherds, uh, the angels, Mary and Joseph, they kind of bask in the wonder of all this. I mean, this is a wonderful, wonderful story. But we really cannot appreciate what we cannot understand. And that's why it's important for us to go back to God's Word and understand something about each of these characters. Understand how they interact with one another. Understand the wonder that these shepherds had. I mean, just put yourself in the position of a shepherd in the first century A.D. Hard to do, I know. Unless you've been a shepherd in the 21st century A.D., it's hard to even conceive of what a shepherd would be. But you know enough about shepherds and you know enough about sheep. You can do this in your mind. You're a shepherd. 
you're out there in the fields adjacent to Jerusalem, four or five miles out of the great city. You can't just run in and catch a hamburger at lunch. You're going to eat out there, and chances are you're going to eat something not very substantial. And for company, you get other shepherds together, and you just kind of chit-chat about the day, and you brew some coffee. Bedouin shepherds love coffee. It's about as black as this table and as thick as mud, but they love their coffee. You you brew some coffee, and and you sit down, and you kind of chit-chat with the other shepherds. And here you are, one of the most lonely people on the face of the earth, with your sheep. And suddenly, the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory of God that filled the tabernacle, the Shekinah glory of God that filled the temple, shines down around you. That same glory that led Israel through the wilderness, these shepherds now have lighting their way in front of them. Imagine the shock of having that kind of glory, the brilliance and brightness of that kind of glory. See, these people were able to bask in the wonder of all that because they had never experienced anything like that in their lives. And that's not all. Not only do they see the glory of God shining down around them, They see an angel, and the angel's talking to them. Now, if you've seen an angel, raise your hand. I mean, it's just, this is not exactly a household thing. Uh, You might see the grocery man, you might see the oil man, you might see the neighbor, but angels, I mean, let's face it. If you're out there in the hillsides watching your flock, and suddenly the glory of God shines around you and an angel speaks to you, that's something you don't get over very quickly. Now, we can't duplicate that scenario in our own lives, but we can go back to the story and let it infiltrate our minds again. So picture yourself as kind of a shepherd out there basking in the wonder of all this. And then, maybe even easier for you, picture yourself as Mary or Joseph basking in the wonder of all this. I mean, here you are, Mary. You're a young girl. You love Joseph dearly. He's the love of your life, and you're engaged to be married when you discover you're pregnant. And you know you've been faithful to Joseph, but how are you going to tell people this? And then the angel of the Lord comes and explains it all to you. And when the explanation is done, you really don't know any more than you did before. It's just too much for you. Or think about being Joseph. Joseph loves Mary. He intends to marry her. In fact, they've already gone through the legal process of engagement. For them, it's as good as done. And he finds out that the woman he loves is pregnant. And he knows he's not the father. And then an angel comes to him and and tells him, don't worry, you can go ahead and marry this woman, Mary. She has been true to you. She loves you. The baby that she is carrying is because the Holy Spirit of God is bringing God the Son to flesh. And your Mary has been chosen by God to give birth to the Savior. If you just think about the wonder of all that, Shekinah glory coming down, angels talking to you, virgin birth. I mean, these are not common occasions, but they're so common to us today because we've heard about them before. We let them slip right by us every Christmas, and we wonder when Christmas Day is over why there was this big deal about Christmas. My friend, there's a big deal about Christmas because Christmas was a big deal. And you will have a better Christmas this year 
if you make the story of Christmas a big deal for you and for your family. So get lost in the wonder of it all. Uh, bask in the wonder of, uh, of being there when the shepherds hear the story. Bask in the wonder of being Mary and Joseph. Bask in the wonder of Jesus coming to earth. And that doesn't make any sense unless you read the story. Bask in the wonder of the fact that God loved you so much he brought his son to die for you. Let the glory of Christmas blind you with the wonder of it all. Now, you would expect a $274 million building to shine a bit, and, and Los Angeles' um, Walt Disney Hall certainly does that. This was a shimmering, stainless steel wonder when it was built a few years ago. But one of the things that people around the uh, Walt Disney Hall discovered very quickly was that uh, because it was so shiny, when the sun hit it a certain time of day and reflected from it into the windows of their condos, the temperature in their room would go up about 15 degrees. They could only pull the shades and wait for the sun's angle to change so that it did not shine into their building. Now, that's what Christmas ought to do for us. That's what the story of Luke 2 ought to do for us. It ought to shine so brightly in our lives this season that the other things just kind of pass away. And here's the thing. It will not happen unless you make it happen. And you can make it happen by going back and reading this story day after day after day. We have read the Luke 2 passage every day this week. And you know what? Tomorrow's Thursday. We're going to read it again tomorrow. We're going to read it every day this week because this story in Luke 2 is the way for you to have the best Christmas ever. I'll be back to close in just a minute. Thanks for joining us today here on Back to the Bible, brought to you by Back to the Bible Broadcast to Jamaica in a partnership with listeners who give in support of this ministry. Our office is located at shop number 22, Hagley Park Plaza, Kingston 10. Our office hours are from Mondays through to Fridays from 8.30 a.m. through to 4 p.m. We can be contacted via email at backtothebibleministry at gmail.com Our office number is 876-926-5765 and our cell and WhatsApp number is 876-337-6295 To listen to this study again or some of our previous studies they are available in our free mobile app along with other Bible engagement material. Just look for BTTB Jamaica in your app store. That's BTTB Jamaica. You can also listen and download our studies from other podcast platforms, including Podbean, Google, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Be sure to look for Back to the Bible, Jamaica. Before we go, just a reminder that our 2024 calendar is available in Mandeville at Forever Young, located in the Manchester Shopping Centre, and of course also from our office here in Hagley Park Plaza, for your contribution of $700 each. Dr. Kroll, in our study today you said that we cannot appreciate what we cannot understand. 
Well, there might be someone listening today that's saying, I'm not understanding this thing about the glory of God and how to bask in it at all. How, to, you know, how do I even get a whole, what do I do? What's your word to them? Yeah, I think one of the ways we understand is by experience. Uh, we look at the experience of others. And if you have one of those handy-dandy little, con- well, not so little, but big concordances at home, you can look up the word glory every time it occurs in the Bible. You can go online and do this as well, which is the way I usually do it. Find out all the occasions in the Bible where the glory of God meant something to people. And then ask questions. How did it happen? Why did it happen? What was the response of the people when it happened? And say to yourself, okay, if that's true for them, how can that be true for me? You cannot appreciate what you do not understand. But you will never appreciate what you do not attempt to understand. Okay, Dr. Kroll, we have gone through six of the ten items. Begin with preparation. Proceed with humility. Enjoy the fellowship of other people. Spread the goodwill of Christmas, get lost in the glory of Christmas, and bask in the wonder of all of this. So, tomorrow we're on to number seven, and that's meditation. Yeah, we need to, um, at Christmas time, we need to meditate, we need to marvel at the wonder of all of the, the Christmas story, and we need to make room for the Savior. We're actually going to think about Mary tomorrow, and what Mary did when... All of this took place. Now, if you're a mom today, you especially can appreciate what was going through Mary's mind. We want to find out what went through Mary's mind and how can that help you and me have the best Christmas ever. All that tomorrow, right here on Back to the Bible. Well, thanks to you for being a part of our discussion group today and for you at home joining us as well. God bless you. I'm Woodrow Kroll. Have a good and godly day. 